Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Back here on the second guest show, Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, And we're going to go to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. We have on with us Connie Carberg. And Connie is the first female NFL scout ever. And starting back in the 70s, Connie, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. And I love a good story. And, and people breaking barriers. You've done it. So for people who maybe don't know your entire story, kind of tell us how you got started with the New York Jets. Sure. First of all, hello, Mike and Bobby. It's so nice. Thank you for having me on. I hope you can hear me okay. Yes, I hear you fine, Connie. Thank you. Per- perfect. Okay. Just well, well I, it all began when my father and my uncle, way back on, I was living on Long Island, became the team doctors, both the orthopedist and the internist, when they were the New York Titans back in 62. And I was just a young, you know, a young girl, 12 years of age, but I didn't know anything about football. And from there, I figured I, I was a tomboy, I played all sports, but I figured I'd better learn. And well, during that time, it was very family oriented. The players were always over at our house, uh, everything. Uh, it was it was really great. And of course, the Jets drafted Joe Namath, you know, in 65. And so I grew up around that. And I grew up around the Super Bowl team. I was a high school senior. And then I went off to an all-girls college to play basketball. They didn't have scholarships then, though. So I just played, and I, there was something missing, so I transferred to Ohio, the Ohio State University. And while I was there, um, you know, it's got big-time football, as you all know. Of course, the legend Woody Hayes was there. And so one day I went up, spoke with him after they were coming out of eating. I had his book, You Win With People, had him sign it, told him about my passion for sports. I had started kind of doing mock drafts, which all you had back then were Street and Smith. Um, and you had the Bob Hope special where he had the All-American team on and a few other Pretty things. Pretty much. <laughs> and you had one, <clears throat> one game on per week. But it was just something I started doing the more that I loved football. And Walt Michaels also was a defensive coordinator for the Jets during the Super Bowl year, and he was always at the house. So he taught me lots of football. So Coach Hayes said, you know, Connie, right now, he said, come over and talk. And he said, you know, right now there's nothing for women. At this time, there was, there was nothing going on at all. This is 1972, 1973. And so there's nothing for women, but you have such a passion and you love the game. Come to practice every day. Meet the scouts. Meet the coaches. Watch practice. Talk. Learn. Anything you can. You never know in life where it's going to be leading you. Okay, so after that, I figure I'm going to be coaching. I'm teaching uh, at Babylon High School, my old high school on Long Island, and then I was going to do coaching girls sports. Well, my father had a 50th birthday party. The head coach of the Jets, Charlie Winner, was there. And he, he said, we're building a brand new complex at Hofstra University. And this is 1974, right after I graduated. 
He said, you love football. He said, you know your stuff. And you know, this time, remember, there are no computers, no YouTube, but I knew every name. So I knew who to let in and who not to let in and everything. He said, so have you start out as secretary, receptionist in the scouting department? And I was the only girl in there. And I started working there. And it all of a sudden, uh, Mike Hollaback, a wonderful genius of a man in, and, uh, who had been in football for quite a while, he was my boss along with Al Ward. And we were doing the draft in 1975, and they had me make the last draft pick. It was 17 rounds, so I'm still the only female to ever make one. After they learned about different stuff that I was doing, the following year, they said, we want you to do some scouting. So they sent me to a bunch of schools, and that's how it all began. Connie, kind of tell everybody, because we hear it a lot. Oh, man, Joe Namath, look at his stats. Now, you've got a lot of stat geeks in this world. Don't realize the impact of Joe when he signed with the AFL over the St. Louis Cardinals. And Billy Cannon was the first guy to tell me this. He was like, Mike, I, Joe is the greatest college player I've ever seen in my life. And he said, I'm telling you, we would have had the merger, but it probably would have been maybe seven or eight years down the road had Joe signed with the Cardinals. He said he accelerated everything, and now we had the star in this mega town, and Joe was built for that moment, that he was the guy. And he said, you know, it was unbelievable to watch him. And he said, listen, he was haphazard. He would throw passes other guys wouldn't throw. But the game's different. You could chuck mm-hmm. a wide receiver all the way downfield. You could <laughs> pop that quarterback in the mouth long yeah, after yeah. he threw it. And he was like, yeah. people don't get it, the impact oh. of Joe. And he said, then he wins Super Bowl three, And he became uh, the god Everybody in the AFL were, man, you were the first to do it, and it was almost like a kiss-the-ring moment when you were around Joe afterwards. Oh, you have just you summarized it so beautifully because when, you know, Joe was a great baseball, football, basketball, and we don't get to see how great an athlete and he was in, at Alabama before he got the knee injuries. And then when he came to us, and my uncle had to operate on, <clears throat> he made his knee brace, <clears throat> he had two bum knees, but Joe was, he had the charisma. And the owner, Sonny Warblin, saw this in him. Besides the quickest release, probably, you know, Marino probably had the next quickest release. But Joe, Joe setting up and his release was amazing. And like you said, he's playing on bum knees. We have to protect him at all costs. But he had the star quality. And back in those days, you, you know, interceptions were not that big a deal. It just wasn't the kind of thing you could throw Joe, like Joe did. He would throw four interceptions and the next day, come back, next week, come back and throw five touchdowns. And he also was meant for New York. And he had the, as I said, charisma everywhere we went. There were just millions of people. It was like the Beatles. It was everybody. You know, Joe Namath. And what an awesome guy. I could just say that all, all through my life, he's been amazing. And so when he, when we won that Super Bowl three in 69, First of all, that really legitimized the American Football League. And a lot of people don't understand my dislike of the Giants, but the Giants were part of the NFL, and they all looked down their noses at us. And because we were the upstart league, but we were the throwing league. We did a lot of different things. So when we won the Super Bowl, that was really good. And then the following um, August, we played in a preseason game. I know it sounds dumb now, but it was a very big deal because we played the Giants 
in a preseason game. That was Ali Sherman was the coach. And Joe beat them, and we beat them to death. And, and Ali Sherman got fired. And as a result, of course, we really owned New York then. And then with the merger, then the, when the Kansas City Chiefs won the next year, it definitely solidified the AFL and NFL, and that merger came together. Well, uh, you know, Connie, when you talk about when you're finding talent and uh, the competition of the AFL and the NFL, and then all of a sudden the NFL is thinking, because you're talking about when the Jets – win the Super Bowl, when the Chiefs beat the Vikings. Hank Stram, you know, he leaves the Chiefs and he comes to coach the Saints and he's living on the yes. North Shore right here in Mandeville. So all of a sudden uh, they realize, okay, we're going to have the NFL merger. Well, what, what has come about compared to when you first started, what we getting ready for like right now? Uh, what would be equivalent back then maybe like, oh, the Senior Bowl? And who's invited and who's going to be at the Senior Bowl and then obviously the Combine. Did they have any of that back then or, or when did that come about? No, Connie will tell you no, where yeah, you wanted yeah. to go is the Hula Bowl. You wanted yeah, to go to Hawaii. <laughs> you didn't want yeah, to go to Mobile, <laughs> Alabama. Yeah, and in fact, later on it became the Japan Bowl. And that was added for a while, too, so they wanted to go to that, but right, the Hula Bowl. But it wasn't. Back in the 60s, as I said, it was just Street and Smith. And a few other things. Then when I went to work in the 70s, the computers hadn't even started yet. The only team that used the computer were the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Gil Brandt, the Dallas Cowboys, they were way ahead of everybody else. But instead, you didn't have the combine. You, didn't, you couldn't look up like everybody can be an amateur uh, about the draft now and know just as much height, weight, and speed. You have YouTube. You can Google everything. We didn't have any of that. We had a typewriter. We had to, you didn't have cell phones, so you had to find the players to talk to them. Um, the coaches would go and, and try to visit with them and l- learn about them from trainers and stuff. In fact, there was no combine. The Jets not only had, were the first to have a female scout, the Jets really started the combine, which didn't come to be until the early 80s. Because, but after we drafted Marvin Powell and Wesley Walker in 77, probably the best draft the Jets ever had, um, they both had um, – Wesley Walker was blind in one eye, and Marvin Powell had a bum knee. Wesley also had a bum knee. We didn't know all that. And as a result, after that, Mr. Hess said, we got to start bringing in players. And so we started the following year and the year after going – bringing players, about 100 players, into Lenox Hill Hospital. Interview, I would go in. I would interview them. They would examine them, and then we would rate them as far as who you could take and who you couldn't take. Some were rejects. Some didn't want to play in New York, whatever it was. So they still didn't have that. But then as that, that was the beginning of the combine because we started flying them all around and then agents and different people weren't thrilled with them flying all over the place, like Blesto and stuff. So finally they all decided, let's all have it in one spot with all the doctors, the combine, the 40. We didn't even have pro days. Um, in fact, the draft, the draft was in February, right after, right after those bowl games, we had the draft. And, and now, uh, was, yeah, now, Connie, boy, all of a sudden, uh, and I, Mike, I've told you this before. Connie, think about this. I remember I was invited to the first combine. It was going to be in Tampa, Florida. It wasn't, and you know how they have it in Indianapolis? It was going to be in Tampa, Florida in 1983. Exactly. I, got, I, I, I got drafted by the Michigan Panthers in the USFL, and Gil Brandt, who was with uh, Dallas at the time, 
saying, hey, Bear Ball, you come at this combine, uh, you know, you might be able to sneak in like late second round. I think you're about a, a third round uh, guy type thing. And, and then, uh, but he's telling me, uh, and I'm asking him, I said, well, Mr. Brandt, uh, well, what can you guarantee me? He said, well, we don't do that. And the Michigan Panthers, now think of this 1983 USFL, they guaranteed me 250000 I'm like saying, what? I, 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 I was like, I where's, the, where's the paper? Uh, 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 and, and I was like, I, I said, like, and I came out, I came out probably the greatest class ever. John Elway, uh, Jim Kelly, Dan yeah. Marino, the only small college quarterbacks. Kenny O'Brien. Uh, what was Ken O'Brien who went to UC Davis, played with the UC Jets. Davis. Yeah, and, and, and I was at Northwestern State, Louisiana, but all of a sudden had a wife and kid to support. I mean, I was like two hundred fifty thousand. I, I thought like I won the lottery. So I said, I said, I said, if I, I don't remember telling Jim Kelly this, uh, I said, if I'm good enough, and he, and we were talking about this, you can always end up back in the NFL. You got to get the money while you can. Right. Well, the Buffalo Bills didn't want to pay Jim Kelly, so he goes right. to the Houston Gamblers. So I never forget. That, that combine was in Tampa, Florida. Now, you look at it, it's a TV event what they do in Indianapolis. Exactly that. Yeah. Yep. And the, dra- and the draft went from 17 to 12 to 7. You have three, day- three days. You have the, you know, the combine. You have all these different things. Like you just said, Bobby, you didn't have that kind of stuff back then. And um, now, basically, no stone gets unturned. It doesn't matter, you know, big school, small school, wherever you may be, they're going to find you. Connie, in being a scout, what are the couple of traits that you look for? You got to have the physical ability, okay? And 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 that's a cut from college to the pros. You know, a lot of people, oh, you know, I was a good college player. I don't know why I didn't get to play in the pros. Well, because you weren't good enough. Uh, there is a certain cut there between a, a good college player and a good NFL player. But what were some of the traits when you were scouting that you looked for that you said? That's what I'm looking for in a player. And, you know, Connie, along those lines, Mike said, how can you measure a player's heart? You can't. That's, you know. that's, you know, that's, that's really it in a nutshell. There's so many players that have so much. They have the height. They have all the measurables, the height, the weight, the speed that you want for each position, and they don't make it. And then there's t- why is the league 40? Even to this day, with all the stuff that we have, 40% are still free agents, undrafted. So it's still not an exact science. So there's so much, like you said, you can't measure the heart, the importance of the, or the love of the game of football. Um, this nowadays, even more the scheme that they fit into because teams are so different back then it was, you know, pretty basic, but, and of course quarterbacks now are, you know, and like you said, the rules have changed so much, but quarterbacks, you wanted to know back in those days, you know, you know, Bobby, you've moved a lot more than most, but as far as, you know, you wanted them to be able to stay in the pocket and have and take a smack in the mouth as hard as and then still complete the pass. You still wanted accuracy and everything, but the offensive line was really meant to pass block. And now it, they never talked about extending a play or throwing off platform or a quarterback doing an RPO. So the game has changed completely, especially at the quarterback position. Well, and you think about that, you know who was, like, extending plays and running around like a chicken with his head cut off? Remember Fran Targeted? I mean, that was long before. <laughs> yeah, you look at Fran Targeted, and you know what? When I was in Atlanta, Connie, uh, I'll tell you what, when I saw this, I was doing the radio and, and witnessing Michael Vick. 
Come on, Florida no, he, State. He was another uh, level. And, and then you look at now, uh, Lamar Jackson, Jackson you, you might yeah. have like uh, potentially, I don't know if it's a handful, but at least two or three Michael Vick type players. Connie, you would you would love this. We, we, we have the Manning camp here every year. So, you yeah. know, I get to spend some time with Archie. And so uh, this year, Bryce Young comes in. And, man, we watching him throw. And, and Archie hits me. He's like, Mike. You know who he reminds me of? I was like, uh, give it to me, Arch. He's like, at least you don't have to look in Wikipedia who he is. He said, Bryce Young is our next generation's Fran Tarkenton. Well, he said, I think he's that good of a player that he's not prototypical size. He doesn't have this super strong arm. He maybe weighs 195 pounds soaking wet. But he said, man, is he a playmaker? And he wears you out. But because of his ability to scramble around and his improvisational skills and vision to find the open man downfield while he's doing it. He said he's always got his eyes perched to the front looking for that open man. No matter who's chasing him, he said he's going to be the next Fran Tarkenton. Interesting. You know, I'm anxious. I said, I don't know, Phil, you know, Fran ran all over the place. I don't think, you know, I think Bryce Young, he also is able, though, to two-throw from the pocket and find the lane, find the lanes like Drew Brees did, able to throw the, you know, from that area. Some some quarterbacks when they're smaller just have a much harder time, but I think you know he's he's smart. He anticipates, and you know now it's funny Alabama's you know getting a real run on quarterbacks, which they you know they had Namath and Stabler, and then for a long time they didn't have a lot. Like Richard that. Todd. That was the last one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Richard Todd yeah. who played with the Jets. I actually I, I played Richard King to the Saints. Yeah, he was um, with the Saints what two uh, years? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Years? But but Connie, you can't forget. Um, I'm, I'm, I, that's why I wore 15 in high school. Bart Starr. My dad yeah, loved. Was, Bart was oh, a little hey, bit ahead of that. Yeah, but, but, but my dad loved the Packers because the Jimmy Taylor LSU connection. Yeah. But I, I said, oh, Bart Starr, he could do no wrong. So that was that was out another Alabama guy. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly right. Bart Starr was amazing. But, you know, it's like we're talking about the running quarterback. Take a guy like Steve Young. When he went down to Tampa, he was having a lot of problems, and he was clearly running all over them. But then, you know, he learned a lot more, of course, when he went to, as he says, when he went to Bill Walsh and sat behind Joe and learned that he had to still be, you still got to be able to throw from the pocket, even, as you can see now, with Mahomes being injured. You know, if you're injured, you're – as you saw with Jalen Hurts, when you're a mobile a running, let's put a, a running quarterback a lot, um, it's much harder than if you get hurt and you're in the pocket and you still can can still throw the ball and still do things. But it is it's, it is a different game now. The linebackers, when I grew up, you know, you're looking for the linebackers that were 235, 240, your thumpers and guys that would really hit. Now, when I, I was when I was up at the Jets this past summer. Uh, C.J. Mosley was 225, 230, but all our the other linebackers are like 215. Vaughn, I know he ain't no 230 pounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, they got to be able to pass cover. It's not like Dick Butkus in downhill. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you see that? Like Tommy Nobis, Dick Butkus, all those kind of guys. Exactly right. They're real thumpers. So it was, you know, so much, it's just so much. And like you said, you can't hit the receivers like you could. You can't hit the quarterbacks like you could. So it's a very... It's a, just a, a whole different game. So, uh, sometimes Connie, it, it, it comes down to this. You still got to be able to run the football, stop the run. And you guys had Matt Snell. And I think uh-huh. it gets lost 
in that mid to late 60s, early 70s, the impact that he made on that team, because it wasn't just all Joe throwing the football to Maynard or George nope. Sauer. It was Snell's. And he was going to hang away at you, him and Emerson Boozer. Well, Connie, when I think about that, I, 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 I want you to comment on what Mike just said. But I don't know of any other individual, Weeb Eubanks. Who's named Weeb? I mean, uh, <laughs> Weeb, Weeb Eubanks to me was like a character. You know, the Wilbur, you know I'll tell you, he was, an, he was an amazing guy. He always had time for everybody. He won a championship in both leagues. The only guy to do that. Um, he had Unitas. He had Namath, but he always had, as I said, he had time for everybody. But as I said, we talk about Snell and Boozer, too. Both of them were great, became great blockers. We've always said the most important thing, as he would put it, was protecting the passer. And in those days, that's what it was. Now it's a little bit different because the guys can extend plays and do different things. But back then, boy, those, those offensive linemen, and you only had three receivers. You had your two wideouts and you had a tight end. There was no such thing as a spread. And then you had your halfback and your fullback, and they were great blockers. So, you know, as much as possible, they had to protect your quarterback in the pocket, and you had to find your, you know, receivers that could be hit all the way down the field. So, again, it was, it was very, very different. Um, I love both games, but I, I do miss the old time. I have to admit, I love the old hitting of the old days. Connie, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Listen, we got to get you back, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the draft coming up to us and also we didn't get a chance tonight but you got to tell that mark gastineau story when you return with us which is unbelievable but thank you so much and congratulations uh they they finally recognize your efforts and what you did to open up some some big doors in this league oh well thank you both mike and bobby and i didn't know it was you know it's, it's something that i felt so comfortable at and i gotta say people treated me unbelievably so i was very blessed and i had some great mentors so I'm, I'm very, very lucky. So it's a pleasure talking with both of you. Thank you so much, Connie. We appreciate it. Connie Carberg, the first female NFL scout joining the Jets in the late 60s where she worked there. Her dad was orthopedic surgeon and then working this through for the next 40 years. Unbelievable. And you got, you got stories about Mark Gaston, about Joe. Uh, and Joe Namath. She got some real good stories and about and Joe. Sack exchange. We'll be back with more second guests right after this break on the Big 870. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.